Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, April 2nd, 2018. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 4, and we're at page 45, Paragraph 3. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Becca R., for the 12 Traditions, Esther F., and reading the text are Allison L., Russ M., and Rita K. The reference number for Sunday, April 1, 2018, is 11,238. That's 11238. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Becca R. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, can I be heard? Yes. Hi, this is Becca R. from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Grateful to be of service, recovered compulsive overeater. These are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to the alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Becca. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, 
a loving God is he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive only overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 45, paragraph three. I will now ask Allison L. to begin reading, and she will be reading two paragraphs, and we will uh, focus our comments on both of those paragraphs. Thank you, Allison. Thank you for your service, Katie. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. We know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. To others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. We were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. We look upon this world of warring individuals, warring theological systems, and inexplicable calamity with deep skepticism. We looked askance at many individuals who claimed to be godly. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Yet in other moments, we found ourselves thinking when enchanted by a starlit night, who then made all this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. Yes, we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. 
Let us make haste to reassure you. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results. Even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. Starting my timer. Hi, this is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. So this reading here um, reminds me how I like to complicate things. When I got to step two, what I thought step two was, was I need to fully understand how God works, how God's going to save me, and then I can proceed. But luckily, it's not nearly that complicated. All it's asking me to do is to come to believe that there is a power greater than me that can solve my problem. And so um, I had to take a look at what were what were my beliefs and thoughts around God, and then let go of those so that I could um, so that I could move forward with the step work that would bring me into an alignment with with a power greater than myself that I needed. Because in step one, I learned that I am completely powerless over this. Um, so in step one, my part is is I have to be entirely abstinent so that I can no longer have the allergy of body of the allergy of my body affecting me and then continue with the step work so that the obsession of the mind can be removed. And so step two, I'm just believing that if I'm powerless, there has to be a power greater than me. And it doesn't have to be so complicated. Um, I, I, I'm never fully going to understand God or how God works or God's not going to fit into my boxes or my parameters. Any God that would fit into my box or my parameters wouldn't be the kind of God that would be big enough to solve my problems because my boxes, my parameters are the ones that caused me the problems that I have. Um, and so I can, I can um, open myself up and realize, you know, the trees growing outside, I didn't, I didn't force those trees to grow, the stars in the sky, you know, there, I didn't, I didn't put those stars there. There's clearly something, something bigger than me and I don't have to understand or know what that something is, I just have to trust that if I keep doing my part and follow the directions that are given to me by someone who's had this problem solved, who's now in, in contact with a power greater than themselves, then they will guide me through to get in touch with the power greater than me that can solve my problem. And so I'm not going to define or comprehend at this point that power, which is God, I probably never will have much of understanding, but it continues to grow as I keep doing the work day by day and I don't have to eat and I can do so happily and live happy, joyous, and free by following the instructions in this book with all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Allison. Okay, so if you just jumped on the line, we're on page 45, the third paragraph, We Know How We Feel, read through two paragraphs ending in Power, Which is God. Who would like to share on those two paragraphs? Lisa B. Larry K. Lisa B. Larry K. Okay. Anybody else? Star one to unmute. Okay. Well, um, Lisa and Larry, we'll go with you all first. Uh, Lisa, you're up. Good morning. Thank you, Katie. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Wow, this is such a powerful reading. There's like two or three things I wanted to try and share my experience, strength, and hope on. And one of the things, it says, we know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. And I have to stop and think, who, these, who are these we? 
you know, this is the uh, undiluted message of how to recover. It's in this book. It's the first 100 and what they've done. It's a precise uh, step-by-step direction. It's a precise recipe that if I follow, I can experience what these first 100 have experienced. And I almost hear a feeling of uh, compassion, um, understanding in those words. It's like a, I don't know, it's just a kind kindness that comes across in there. We have shared its honest doubt and prejudice. And I have to remember that in the forward to the fourth edition, it tells us that this program grew by leaps and bounds when literature has become available. So it's the undiluted message that I want to stay within. It's not the personalities and the opinions. It's actually the prescription, what will solve all my problems and my problem. The other thing I have to remember is that my internal life, my inner life is what my problem is. This is an inside problem, and I need to be healed internally, and then it will solve all my problems. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was it sought, um, talks about we looked upon this world of warring individuals. Well, you know, I have tried to make gods out of people by demanding total and complete perfection. And I've also tried to make God, well, I call my higher power God, but, you know, my higher power could also be principles and concepts like, um, you know, justice and truth and love. But I call my higher power God. And I've tried to make God like a person, which is fallible, limited, hurtful, hot and cold. And that's something else that I really struggled with. But it didn't get resolved in this step, in reflecting on this step. It's really through the action of all the steps. The other thing I wanted to share on is that, you know, the truth is I wanted to be on the throne of my life. I wanted to be the be-all and end-all. I was bothered when I saw that something else had to sit in that primary position, which is the steps sits in that primary position. And the awakening that I experienced with my higher power, that's what runs my life and runs me. And it does solve all my problems, and it has solved my problem as a compulsive overeater. I pass. Thank you, Lisa. Larry, you're up. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your service. Um, the, um, you know, this, this was a very, <clears throat> looking back, it was a very underutilized step for me, this step two. Um, and, and, and in the reading, what, what sticks out with me is where it says we, are, we were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. Now, I wouldn't suggest to you that you're, you know, when I came into this program that you were weak or cowardly, uh, that, that, that would be a very politically incorrect thing to do. I wouldn't say that to anybody, but that's how I felt myself. I will not be a sucker. You know, and, and so coming into this program, this was an underutilized step for me because the reality was the perceptive lens in which I saw the world was, you know, to surrender to some power outside of myself was almost blasphemy because everything in my life up to that point really, or so I thought, was about my work, what I did or what I didn't do, that there were consequences to the things that I did sometimes or didn't do. And I was, well, I was certainly a large man. I was large and in charge in my own mind. And yet my, my life continued not to work. And so it wasn't that I came into these rooms morbidly obese, although I was about 100 pounds heavier, but 
but that that was the least of it. I just couldn't I couldn't get along with other people generally. I couldn't sustain relationships. Couldn't control my emotional nature. Not for very long. I only wanted you to see the very best of me. I I wouldn't be open to you seeing the weakness in me. You know, and things are different now. So the step two was, um, as it was said, it wasn't that I had to have this all in order and all my ducks in a row and have this all figured out. I mean, that was impossible. I'm a human being. How could I have it all figured out? I still do not, even though I'm recovered today by the grace of God. It's just, I, I guess I'm in a place where I know through the implementation of these steps that I know I'm imperfect, that I do surrender to some power outside of myself every day. You know, I try to show up, suit up every day as best I can. Try not, I don't step on toes as often as I used to, and thus my toes don't get stepped on as often as, as they used to. Um, it's, it's a program that works. It really does, and I'm, I'm so very grateful. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, so we're on page um, 45 and 46, the third third paragraph, and then the first paragraph on page 46. Who would like to comment on those paragraphs? Nicole C. in California. Nicole C. Barbara E. in New Jersey. Barbara E. Jeanette S. Jeanette S. Carmelissa. Harlan G. and Melissa C. I'm sorry, could you, say, could you say which paragraph you started with on page 45, please? The third paragraph. We know how he feels. Okay, great. Thank you, Pat. Okay. Anyone else? Mary Beth. PB. Mary Beth. And I'm sorry, who was the gentleman? PB. Oh, PB. Thank you. Okay, well, let's go with those. We have Nicole C., Barbara E., Jeanette S., Harlan G., Melissa C., Mary Beth, and Pete B. Go ahead, Nicole. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank you. Hi, my name is Nicole C. I'm in California. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I really love the last part of the second paragraph on page 46 because that's my experience. I really wanted what other people had. I really, really, really wanted that belief. I really wanted that faith. I really wanted the same level of trust that other people had. I saw that they were happy. I saw that it was working, but I couldn't understand how they could have that trust and that reliance. I was raised in a private school. I was raised religious. I was raised with God, but that God wasn't working for me. Not that that perception of God wasn't working for me, but because what I have found is that just because I knew that there was a God didn't mean that I believed in that God to help me. Didn't mean that I trusted that God. It's much different to look at somebody walking down the street and say, oh, I believe that person is there than to say, oh, excuse me, can I give you all my life savings for you to take to the bank for me? It's a completely different thing, and I didn't realize that I didn't have the trust. And so I didn't know why I couldn't have what other people had. And where it says we found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results. That's my experience because my sponsor said, 
all you have to know about God is that you're not it and that you need to build that relationship once in the morning and once at night and throughout the day. So I started reading page 86, 87, and 88 every morning. I started getting on my knees and praying to this God that I didn't understand, praying to this God that I I sort of felt silly at first, but I did it every day. And all of a sudden, one day, I felt the presence of God next to me. You know, and I take God with me throughout the day, and I connect with God. You know, it's every good relationship has good arguments. I have good arguments with God, you know. Um, I'm very involved with my relationships in my life, so I'm very involved with my relationship with my higher power. I'm comfortable talking to my higher power. I'm comfortable having arguments with my higher power. And it says, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God, I have a loving, trusting, healthy relationship with God today, and I can't comprehend or define it. And it's working. Pass. Thank you, Nicole. Next, we have Barbara E. followed by Jeanette F. Good morning, everyone, and happy April to you. It's Barbara E. in New Jersey. So much in these paragraphs, they talk about the creative intelligence, the spirit of the universe, the doubts, the prejudices. I did not come from a family that was anti-religious. There was no harsh God. When God was mentioned, it was mentioned very peripherally. But I, I did see that there were warring individuals around the world, theological tradition, deep skepticism. How could a supreme being have anything to do with my little pity problem at all? And yet, I had to believe, when I saw a rainbow in England, when I saw my little grandbaby's growth, feeling of wonder overtook me. But that feeling would be gone in a nanosecond. The worldly clamors, as was written, would come in. But I had to leave the door open a crack. I had to accept the possibility, the willingness, that there could be something out there that could help me to overcome my angriness, my resentments, my fears, my skepticism. I wanted to be that tolerant, kind, loving person, thinking less about me and more about you. I had to stop beating myself up. I was doing the best I could at the time based on the limited information that I had. I had to understand that just because I made a mistake, it didn't mean I was a mistake. I was told God made no junk. So I had to surrender that idealized self that wanted me to be perfect. I had to work honestly and clean up my side of the street and realize that I didn't have the right to expect other people to follow my rules and standards. If they wanted to wish to cooperate with me, that was awesome. But they didn't have to apologize just because I felt the need to apologize. I had to take total responsibility for my recovery. I needed God. I needed a power higher than myself. But I had to get out there and do the footwork. 
I had to row the boat. I had to remain abstinent. And I had to learn from the angels in human skin and rely on a higher power that I will call God because it's just three letters and it's simple. Trust for me was a must. And this book is all about trust and finding relief and becoming other-centered rather than Barbara-centered. It can't all be about me. Thank you for allowing me this time to be with you on Monday. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Jeanette S., you're up, followed by Harlan G. Hi, this is Jeanette S. from Maybrook, New York. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, so this is this uh, chapter was crucial for my recovery because um, I was an antagonistic agnostic, um, <laughs> incredibly prejudiced. Um, very got really upset when I heard any anything spiritual. And the word God, that G word, oh, oh my God, (laughs) the G word. Um, I still have a little bit of a problem with that. Um, But this second paragraph, um, part of that I have circled, um, we found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice, that hit me right between the eyes, eventually hit me right between the eyes. It took a while for me to learn how to read this book, which you all helped me do. Um, Lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves. We commenced to get results, even though it it was impossible. This is definition of agnostic. Impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power. And I still get a little tweaked when I have to read that, which is God. Like, why did he have to put which is God on there? Why can't we just put comprehend that power, period? So I'm still a little <laughs> antagonistic, as you can hear. Um, but this even a willingness, I had to look up the word even. And this word even says, like the, the, the adverb part of it, used to emphasize something surprising or extreme. Even a willingness, like just the tiny itty-bitty piece of willingness. And if you hop across the page, it says the same words again, even willing to believe. And it's like, why am they using this word even? And that it's like all that's needed is just this willingness. Um, I'm the agnostic type that believes we cannot define, we cannot comprehend, and we cannot define this this power. Um, and it just, it just really saved me having this word even in there. Thank you, Bob, for putting that in, or whoever wrote these books, this book, um, for putting the word even in there. Because that gave me the tiny little bit of a entry point to be able to work these steps if it wasn't for that one little word i don't know that i would be here and i don't know that i'd be recovered um and thank you (laughs) thank you god for the word even and with that i'll pass 
Thank you, Jeanette. Harlan G., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Thanks, Katie, and thanks to Team Monday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I, uh, I had bronchitis not too long ago. I went to the doctor, and the doctor prescribed for me some antibiotics, and he said, if you take these antibiotics for five days, you'll be fine. And I did not sit and question that there were really bad people that took these antibiotics, and I didn't want to take them, and that there, these antibiotics were the cause of all kinds of problems. I just took them, and I got better. All through this book, it tells me that I have an illness that only a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps will help. But because ego is in the way, my ego, and because a society has taught me from the time I was a little child, well, a little fat child, but a little child, that I could do this, that if I bucked up and used my willpower and pulled myself up by the bootstraps and pushed myself away from the table, I'd be fine. And now you're telling me the opposite. I have to go back to page 12 to see the real etymology here. I have to go back to page 12 to see where, what's going on here. It says, despite the living example of my friend, there remained in me the vestiges of my old prejudice. The word God still aroused a certain antipathy. That's a feeling of dislike. When the thought was expressed that there might be a God personal to me, this feeling was intensified. I didn't like the idea. I could go for such conceptions as creative intelligence, universal mind, or spirit of nature, all capitalized because they represent God. But I resisted the thought of a czar of the heavens, however loving his sway might be. I have since talked with scores of men who felt the same way. Now, here's, here's the emancipation paragraph. My friend suggested what then seemed a novel idea. He said... Why don't you choose your own conception of God? You know, I didn't like the conception of God I was presented with as a child. He spoke only Hebrew, and if I didn't speak Hebrew, I couldn't get to him. And he didn't like certain people who didn't do certain things. And he was really upset with other people for not doing other things. So I just assumed that because I was fat and I didn't get a pony and I wasn't the right fielder for the Cubs or the quarterback for the Bears, I wasn't in God's favor. So I had to use my own conception of God. First characteristic is speaks English, understands English. Second characteristic, loves me, cares about me, wants to help me, generous, kind. That's a kind of God I'm willing to believe in. Now, there's nothing in here that says I must believe in your God. There's something in here that says I must be willing to believe that there's a power greater than myself. And based on that, I can do it. Because if I just think of two things, yes, I'm a lesser power because I can't control my eating, but there's two things I need to know about God. There is one, and it's not me. And based on that, now I'm ready to do business because I've been beat to death by every other idea except the God-based idea. Every other idea was an utter failure. And there's something about my ego. I have to try every wrong answer before I come up with the right answer. And the right answer was in this book all the time. I have an illness that only a spiritual awakening 
will help. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. Melissa C., you're up, followed by Mary Beth. Hi. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, I, I laugh because, um, like, I thought I was so unique, you know, like that, um, and that set that line, like, we know how he feels, you know. We've shared his honest skepticism. Um, because I thought um, that I was the only person um, that was going to have such a difficult time with the God thing. You know, it's like I came into OA um, and, like, desperate, you know, God, help, please help me. I didn't think I said God, but, like, help me, help me. I'm a mess. I need, I need help. I need help. Oh, wait, <laughs> this God thing? No, 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 I can't do that. Like, right away, I was um, saying the things that I can't do. And, you know, I had, like everybody else who shares, I had inadequate conceptions of God. They obviously were inadequate because um, they weren't working, you know. And I I felt like, um, you know, when you grow up feeling crappy about yourself, feeling fat and different, um, anything of an authority position, anything that I felt could give me good graces, um, I believed it didn't. And so I didn't, I didn't want to put all my eggs in that basket. I didn't want to go for something that I felt rejected by. You know, I, I grew up in a neighborhood um, surrounded by people who were practicing their religion and, and religious. And, you know, real or imagined, I felt rejected by them. I felt judged by them. I believed that they thought I was less than them. They looked down on me. Um, and, and to me, that was God. And, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Those were people. Um, and I don't even know if it was true. You know, that was my perception. And, you know, um, but crushed by this disease enough, like, yeah, clearly there was something greater than me because, you know, I felt like the lowest of the low. And it really just starts with, um, for me, I knew what my lowest weakness was. Like, that was never-ending hunger. That was always being jealous. That was this hole inside of me, anger. You know, God could merely be the opposite. I could come at it from that angle. My higher power had to be different from my lowest weakness. And and I knew I had hope. Like, that was enough because as bad as it was, I was here. My heart was beating. I was going to meetings. That's all it took. That was enough for me to begin. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, now we will have Mary Beth, followed by Pete B. Then we'll open it up for more shares. And we just to remind you, we're on page 45 at the bottom of the page. We know how he feels, reading through two paragraphs, ending on page 46, in the middle of the page, power, which is God. Go ahead, please, Mary Beth. Mary Beth, star one to unmute. Yes, now I can hear you. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, I just wanted to share about um, believing in God and, and, and his power, um, power greater than yourself, which will solve 
your problem and I can share my experience right now is I I I feel like I I do believe in God and I'm I'm trying to lose my lose what I think I know cuz clearly what I thought I knew isn't working for me so that's a little bit difficult but um when I think of his example of how he removed that compulsion and that food part like that in and of itself is speaking he's speaking volumes to me and cuz I could not stop as you all know. like you know what I mean I know you all share it I've heard it and and that was just so nuts and and now I'm not and that's like wow you know when I really think about that I didn't do that because I tried you know all the tries and so hmm you know what what is that you know it's not 1999 and you know what I mean like you know all those things you can buy and it's that's God to me and so I believe I believe but <laughs> you know I'm I'm it's it's scary and that's where I'm right now doing this fourth step and looking at like the fears and hopeful because wow if he did this with that food part what can he do with this emotional part because yes I would I copy copy that what everyone has said about the emotional part and so I'm excited about that but when you're doing it when you're you know suffering from it and you're trying to work these steps which are like so unnatural to my being it's 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 scary but again my piece is okay well look what he did with like turning off the garbage and and turning on like the fruits and vegetables kind of you don't even look what he did with the food and so i'm uh excited about that and that internal part of this illness, that emotional part, is how how you how I didn't see it when I was in it, and uh, how it is so 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 there, but also that um, it's a it's a disease. It's not anything that was wished on, or you know what I mean. It's something that you just I have, and it's curable and I just have to keep on going I'm so grateful for everyone and I can't stand that I get so freaking emotional um but I'm going through things I'm being told and so thank you with that I pass thank you so much Mary Beth okay Pete B you're up thank you moderator my name is Pete B I'm uh can you hear me okay yes uh, my name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania, and I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And I, I, I'm so, it's just so great. It's just such great meeting. I, you know, it's. Uh, it, I, I'm reminded, you know, when we when we started the meeting, it says that we are a vision for you. We we welcome anybody who wishes to stop eating compulsively or overeating compulsively, and and that's good. You know, that that's true, right? right? But just because. Just because I have a desire to stop eating compulsively or stop overeating compulsively, 
doesn't mean that I am a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. You know, our book talks about, you know, talks about other types or other varieties of alcoholics, right? The hard, hard drinkers, and, you know. And, 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 you know, what I have to remember is I, I could find relief in a 12-step recovery program. You know, I could find support in a 12-step recovery program. If I, if, if, if I am abstinent and not compulsively overeating because I have uh, attended a meeting and I can remember not to eat during the day, like, great, uh, you know, welcome. You know, we welcome you. Um, if, if my sponsor has provided a plan and that I'm following that plan and I have, and I'm not compulsively overeating and you know, my, my, my abstinence is dependent upon my relationship with my sponsor. Fantastic. But, and if, if that's what they're that you're welcome, but you are not a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. Right. And I think the thing that brings up a lot of fear for me is that we have people in these rooms or people that are, that are abstinent or recovered or sober with those things and are violently against this concept of a higher power. And we feel compelled because we are here that we could let other people know that they don't need to necessarily have a higher power. And it brings up a lot of fear in me because I have, it really took a a significant beating for me to, to be even willing to believe that there was a power greater myself that could restore me to sanity. And if I could have heard from anybody that there was an easier, softer way that I could omit a a certain aspect of this 12-step recovery program, then I would have done it. Because I did not want, I did not come here for a relationship with a God of my understanding. And if I heard that I didn't need it to recover, then I would have pursued that venue or that path. And I, and I think, you know, so, so welcome. If you're here, if you're here and it's helping you, welcome. But, but I just, I just, you know, to, we just have to be very careful. We just have to be careful that, you know, the message is, is that we have a hopeless fatal, progressive illness that gets worse, never better. And no human power, no effective mental defense, right, is going Time. to save us. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Pete. Okay, who else would like to share on these two paragraphs on page Nancy 45 P. and 40? Raj G. Jody Nancy P. Okay, okay, I got you, Nancy P., Raj G., Adini. Vasa O. Vasa O. There was someone after Irini. Jody EQ. Jody EQ. I got you. Okay. Thank you, Jody. And who was that after Jody? Debbie B. Debbie B. Okay. I, I, I'm not sure if we'll get you. Um, let's go with Nancy, Roz G, Edini, Vasa O, Jody EQ, and Debbie. I'm not sure if you're saying V is in Victor or something else. But we only have 13 minutes, so or 12 minutes. Okay, go ahead, Nancy. Hi, this is Nancy T. Calling from Boston. So um, I wanted faith and never had it. I too was raised in a, if not an Orthodox home, certainly an observant home. Um, I was religiously educated and 
all the rest of it. But I never, um, similar to somebody else, my God spoke Hebrew. I never identified. Um, I just, we, there wasn't even a synagogue in our town when, when I was little because um, we lived out in the boondocks. But anyways, you know, I slogged along in my in my path and away and never believed in God. And of course, you know, never accepted the entire, you know, I took what I wanted and left the rest, and I didn't want most of it. And um, and so, of course, I never had any success. And when I finally came into vision, I was, you know, we were getting through the first couple of steps, and I said to my sponsor, I said, you know, I don't know about this. I'm, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to believe in God or that I'm not going to be able to get it. And she said, well, that's okay because you haven't had a spiritual awakening yet. And that was the first time that I ever realized that I could even, that it was even attainable because that took all the pressure off me. I mean, my whole um, path to try to find a spiritual awakening did not include God. It never, I just thought that I would feel good if I was out in nature. That would be enough. Um, And I never thought that I would get anything more than that. And when I stopped forcing it, that's when I began to, dropped my prejudices and the whole thing can be summed up with you know this this old sort of adage uh the kid says to her mother you know when are we they're going to england when are we going to get there and she says shut up and keep swimming and um you know that's sort of my thing is that i slog through i don't like to say slog but i trudge the road of happy destiny i'm trudging i'm not floating and um you know as i travel down that path many things happen to me and if i don't really think about it you know, it's like, uh, you know, I don't, there's so many analogies, but, you know, it's sort of like you don't try to force, you know, uh, an animal to come close to you. You wait for them to approach you. And, you know, I my meditation now is just three words, come to me, please come to me. And that's all that I know how to do because I wasn't raised with daily prayers. You know, one of my to-do things is to um, go to one of the um, – rabbis in my neighborhood, one of the synagogues in my neighborhood, and talk to a rabbi about that, um, which I'm willing to do. That was unbelievable to me. So I I just have to say that, you know, for me, the more I don't force it, the more spiritually awake I feel that I become. So um, I'm I'm chasing it, but quietly. I'm pursuing it, but softly. And um, if anybody else is in that position I um, can say from personal actual experience that I'm having with this actual body that I live in that it works and with that I'll pass thank you so much um, Nancy Roz it's your turn followed by Edini um, good morning thank you very much this is Roz G I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles County and I would like to say this morning that I used to well I'd like to preface my share of it big umbrella under the preface under this chair is that I was very judgmental very uh and I still work on it um I still recognize it today and ask God to remove it but I used to look at women I used to go to this church it was a independent kind of a fundamental church I don't belong to that church anymore but I spent a long time there and I was deeply involved and embedded in the the doctrine there but i with my judgmental thinking that i used to you know didn't speak but looked at women most of the women there were very fat you, i thought 
geez, these women are really fat. And they stand behind the nursery counters and take in the babies. And I did too. I was fat right along with them. And I used to sit in the nurseries and eat the goldfish crackers that we were, you know, passing out to the kids. One for you, one for me, you know, or a handful for me. You know. um, and I would diet with these women. I would talk about diets with these women. And while we were under the auspice of this holy doctrine uh, where we were supposed to care for our bodies uh, because the, our bodies were the temple of the Holy Spirit, I could never do it. I remained fat while I was there and judged those who were. So eventually I got out of that church and into Overeaters Anonymous and grew, you know, as best as I could. And um, I still believe in that God. But I have to work hand in hand with that God. In the, in the scriptures, God tells me things that I need to do. I have to present my body. And, I, and since I know that I can't do it, the big book tells me what the things I have to do in order to, to have that daily reprieve. But then, like, in, you know, looking at the starlit night, you know, I have a I have a big hobby and it's gardening. I just, it grow and it grows every spring and um, no pun intended, but you know, I just planted some corn and um, I planted broccoli and, and, and summer squash. And when I look at those tiny buds coming, you know, easing their way, popping their way out of the, the soil, I just, I, I am in awe that in a few months' time, I'm going to, you know, be overloaded with squash. They usually grow very abundant in my region. And uh, this is my first time growing corn, but as I watch the, the, the blades slice through the soil, I just think, oh, my gosh, there's no way. I mean, who can? Time. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up by saying that it is amazing to watch a garden grow as it is amazing to watch a starlit night and with that i pass thank you thank you roz adini you're up followed by basa o thank you katie for your service good morning my spiritual brothers and sisters my name is adini i'm from new york and i'm a very grateful recovered compulsive overeater thank you god always giving credit where credit is due You know, self-reliance is such a barrier. Isolation is a killer, and connection is being saved by the grace of God. And it's about letting go what was familiar and trying something new. It's about turning in another direction and discovering what is true. It's about turning towards the light and away from our darkness. It's about having a willingness to say yes, having a willingness means opening that door to God's presence, to his light that has power over our darkness. Say yes, together we are taking a chance. Say yes, together trust and believe that there's a power out there who loves us, who created us, who can, who can overpower our darkness with his light. And there's no need to always understand things. Just do it as others have, and it has worked. 
see it as an opportunity for something new, for hope, for only for the only way we can accept a present, the only way we can accept a present is or a gift is by opening up our fist and letting go of what was harming us and grabbing onto something, something that is new. Let go and let God, you know? So what do we have to lose by not being connected, by not doing this? We have to lose everything. It's your life. Your life depends on this. Your sanity depends on this. I just received a call this morning regarding the food. They were thinking of suicide. This disease can kill us. Say yes together and give it a chance. God, please set aside everything that we think we know about ourselves our brokenness, our spiritual path, and you, God, for an open mind and a new experience of ourselves, our brokenness, our spiritual path, and especially you, God. I pass. Thank you so much, Adini. Um, Vasa O, you will be our last share. You have two minutes. Thank you. I'll try to do it in hurry. Thank you, Katie, for your service. I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recover, compulsive Vida, going for Florida. And I, I like hearing the set-aside prayer. Um, and I remember my sponsor saying, you know, forget everything about you, you know by yourself. I mean, I read it later, you know, the full thing, you know, but she said, you know, forget everything you know about yourself and about God and what about other people. And whatever I was doing, it was, was not working, and I needed to have an open mind. And, and I was just so, so grateful to hear the solution uh, of my problem, you know, after suffering for so long, so many years, not knowing what was wrong with me. And again, I, I, I was just so thrilled when I came to Overeaters Anonymous to hear that, um, you know, I, I had been depending on myself for years and years to solve the problem with the food addiction and my life in general with everything. And I needed, I needed a higher power. I did need a higher power. I didn't know how to find that higher power. And I needed to be shown, you know, Okay, you know, the food was my higher power. I idolized it. I lust. I looked at recipes, you know, my whole life experimenting. Well, I needed to replace that with a power greater than myself, which I call God today, and, uh, and throw myself into the program, working the 12 steps, and to accept I couldn't do it any longer. I can't, he can, and I will. Whoever you are, higher power, please help me, you know. I thought I needed to see, to touch, to believe, you know. And I'm just so grateful, you know. I don't have to do that any longer. I can see how my higher power is working with not just the food. And that's when I started believing and trusting that God was going Please, I'll wrap it up. I, I couldn't do it for myself, and, you know, that higher power I had to use. Thank you for letting me share that path. Thank you so much, Vasa. Um, and thank you to everyone who shared. I want to thank all those who 
were of service this morning, Becca R, Esther F, Allison L, Russ M, Rita K, Lisa B, and Linda R. Um, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Monday, April 2nd, 2018, is 11,239. That's 11239. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Russ M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Um, thank you. All right. Russ M., Recover Compulsive Leader Outside of Philly. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. Answer will come. Answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something that you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and count, countless others. This is the great fact for us. <clears throat> Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your thoughts to him and your fellows. Clear, clear away the past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.